Hey, what's up, guys? It is Celeb back again for another episode of the Second Opinion Podcast, episode number 267. If you've noticed, the podcast is changing a little bit, as we always do. We're trying to improve as much as possible and do some new things. I am joined by my partner, Crime Bolts. What's up, man? How you doing? Well, hold up. Let me be a little bit more dull. Hey, what's up, man? Doing all right? Last time we did a podcast, Bolt said I was way too fucking happy. So, what's up? What's up, dog? What's going on? Doing all right. those dust flakes? Dust flakes? Yeah, you were laying on the ground a couple minutes ago. <laughs> so, what's up, bro? What's up, man? Doing okay? I'm good, man. How are you? You're sleepy, dude. You're sleepy as always. That's what happens when you work. I'm like, what's good, Bolt? You okay? He's like, man, I got no sleep last night. Had to go to work at 2 o'clock this morning. Came over here. Had to wait on your ass for like an hour while you were helping your brother move. You know, just, you know, let's stick with the schedule. All right, guys, so um, before we move into this episode, I want to let you guys know that there are changes coming to the podcast um, in the aspect of uh, where you can listen to the podcast. Um, We are still going to be doing it on Anchor, which will divvy out to Spotify uh, and multiple other sites, but we're also going to have our uh, podcast now put on multiple different platforms like Podbean, um, we're also going to be doing a video podcast um, that will literally just be the video version of the podcast because I've had a couple of people hit me up and be like, hey, you know, I know it's just a still image and stuff, but, you know, I usually listen to a lot of stuff through YouTube. So we're going to start uploading it again on the Second Opinion YouTube page, and I'm going to start uploading it on the Facebook page as well. So I think that's the kind of easiest way of getting uh, uh, the masses, uh, the podcasts in different formats. So, um, before we talk about, uh, what we're going to talk about today, Bolts, let's go ahead and jump down into, you know, uh, what have we been gaming? Um, with gaming, things have been a little crazy recently for, on my side. So we're going to start out with Bolts. Uh, what you been gaming recently? You always dude? start out with Bolts. That's how it's supposed to go. Oh, why? Because you have such an extensive library that no, you take I forever. Have like one game that I've been playing recently. <laughs> so I've been playing this and 17 of that and 27 of those. That's usually the case. It's kind of the case today, but see what it you and me both have, have been playing pretty similar games. So okay, well I'll go first. Whatever. Um, I've been playing Call of Duty World War II prop hunt more than anything. Um, I don't know why, uh, but I have I am so in love with Prop Hunt. I love Prop Hunt so much, but I am so over Black Ops 4. I'm just kind of done with it, bro. Like I think that Black Ops 4, for what it was when it launched, is a great game, dude. Like the overall depth of what that game was with the the multiplayer and the zombie mode and even the blackout mode i think it was all really great and i think it was really marketed well and i think that for the most part it probably will go down as one of the craziest call of duty titles in a really long time um design wise but i'm just i I don't know bro you know like i needed that extra and i feel the extra the, the one Call of Duty game that really had that oomph was fucking World War II. Hands you know down, man, man. The content that hands that, that World War II put in there, as far as customization, far as earning rewards and this and that and that and that, it was just, it was over the top and it was absolutely amazing. It well, was. As I go through World <clears throat> War II over the last you know day or so, the small amount of time that I've had to go back in and play it, 
you know, playing game modes like dogfight and infection, prop hunt, and then getting back into, you know, like ground war and team deathmatch and domination. I mean, Sledgehammer Games should still be patted on the back to this day for the job that they did with this freaking game because it is beautiful. I mean, just going around, like I even jumped back into the story mode, which I haven't played um, since I did my review for it. Um, it was such a good game, dude. Overall, just like bang for your buck. This game will go down as by far one of my favorite Call of Duties of all, of all time. Yes, it will. Um, even though I feel, I, I think Modern Warfare, when it launches in October, it's it's going to be great. Um, I do, I kind of looked into some of the concerns that people were talking about recently with the story, and I guess I can understand what they're saying. Like, when we sat down with the game, um, there wasn't really any context on, like, what that next mission was. You remember how we sat there and there was, like, those two dudes that were pointing guns at each other, and they were kind of pointing guns at each other. Somebody jumped in the van, ran down there, blew up. And then it just like cut to the next yeah. thing, and they were like, "Oh, okay, we're gonna go in here and kill a bunch of people." Yeah, you know. So I think that's the reason why people from IGN and some of the other con like you know conglomerate sites or whatever were saying it's not the fact of that that women on screen were getting shot. There was just no backstory to it, bro. No, you know what I'm saying? Well, but but I mean, the, but what what do you expect? They were just showing yeah, us yeah, a glimpse yeah. of. It. Of course, I, I totally understand. Yeah, and I think even some of the reporters were saying, "Listen, hey, if they do this right, then Modern Warfare is going to be this this game is going to be one of the best Call of Duties of all time." And I agree, probably it will one be. of the best first person shooters. Yeah, and I mean, from what we saw, absolutely, it definitely yeah. has that potential. Yeah, but you know, in in defense of what they were saying as well, um, some of the female reporters that I saw, they were just kind of like. You know, it was like it is. I mean, it was jarring. Like it was a, it was a uh, no mercy situation. What what we saw on screen, it was like, hey, special ops teams, zero noise, walking into a house. If you were an enemy, you were dead, no matter if you were male, female, what was going. That's on. it. So it was like, holy shit, man. Like, you know, this, the, is the, this is exactly deep. exactly. They put the the first person's. Perspective perspective of war inside of your yeah mind. so like it makes you sit there and like whew, like i'm not gonna lie like i mean i was getting goosebumps but at the same time i was having that like nauseous feeling in my stomach of like nervousness and shit and i was like oh my god man they're going something different with this so um i think that that will still of course i'm kind of getting off tangent but i think that's what i kind of wanted to talk about that on the recent episode but i didn't really get a chance because we were just kind of talking about what we what we saw i didn't really um i, I don't know i was kind of out of it but um, I can understand why people are saying that. So back to what video games I've been playing. Um, I also re-downloaded Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare 2, um, which I still think is one of EA's best uh, games out there. Uh, PopCap, I think, did Plants vs. Zombies, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, PopCap did amazing. I think EA did amazing with that title, and it's still really, really fun. Um, and then uh, I've been going back through and playing some Sonic games, uh, some Sega games, and we're going to talk about the reason why in uh, just a bit. Um, but Bolts, uh, what have you been playing recently? I think you've been playing a little bit of COD, right? Um, I played a little bit of COD, yeah. I jumped back into uh, downloadable World War II, playing a little COD, playing a little baseball. Um, <laughs> my, my girl downloaded this game called My Life in Porsche, 
Um, and it's kind of like a it's a, a small indie game that you go around, you build, you 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 live in this town that is that is uh that is developed from some ancient ruins and stuff uh-huh. like that. And you could, I mean, you could go around, you collect stuff, you collect um, um, materials and, and, and minerals and wood and this and that, mushrooms. You know, it's kind of got a little RPG feel to it. It's got a little farmer feel to it. Yeah. It's actually, it's, it's, it's not bad. Um, it came from the PC. Um, and it was uh, it came from the PC and it was made for the console. So it's it's not bad. Um so I've been playing a little bit of that, okay. um, and of course, you know I'm, I'm balls to the walls on Legends pretty much all the time. So, so let me ask you about Legends real quick um, <coughs> uh-huh. before we get in uh, into anything else. So with Legends, with this new pack and stuff like this, I've kind of got into the story mode stuff um, or the adventure mode of Legends with this new. What is it, Moons of Elsewhere? Yeah. Um, with this new pack, have you played any of that yet? No, I have not. Are, do you plan on playing it? No, because I have to buy it. Oh, okay. So, well, let's throw that out the window. <laughs> um, well, my, the reason why I'm asking is because, like, I actually somewhat enjoyed, I somewhat enjoyed what I was playing uh, with, um, with the original like adventure mode and uh-huh. all that stuff. Um, but I didn't know if you had played any of the new adventure mode. Um, but I, I, I think I'm going to give it a go. I think I'm going to give it a little chance. Let's see what's good. Um, so with that being said, uh, video games coming soon. Uh, we got some, uh, some pretty good ones, I guess. I mean, you know, if you like gaming, uh, <laughs> on the 25th, Sega's Judgment launched, and we will have our review on Cinelinks up very soon. Um, and then on July 12th, Dragon Quest Builders 2 will be launching. And on July 26th, during QuakeCon, Wolfenstein Youngblood will be launching, which is the co-op Wolfenstein game about BJ Blazkowicz's two twin daughters. It's going to be set in the 1980s. Um, and from what I read online uh, and the times that I've played a little bit of it, it looks like, uh, I think it is, they were born and raised in the liberated America, but then now uh, most of this is going to be taking place in Europe in the 1980s. Yes, yes. So, uh, which, which I'm, I'm really excited about. Um, I'm super excited about playing uh, this wonderful co-op game that is... Wolfenstein. That is Wolfenstein. I Are mean, we going to play together? I don't, I don't necessarily know if I'll buy it because there will be other shit that's coming out well, that I'm, I'm if, saving my money for. A, copy if i were to get another copy for you would you would you be down for playing it together oh, doing yeah, some yeah, co-op? Yeah, okay yeah, yeah well let's let's we'll we'll put a pin in that how about that so um moving on from that um real quick before we talk about gaming news um of course this podcast is brought to you by uh second opinion productions and cinelinks.com and also realoutreach.com make sure to check them out uh for some of the great charity events that we're doing soon um we are doing an amazing giveaway in the next couple of days. I got to get all the details lined out and get some uh, some hype pumped around it. But we are doing the Cinelinks Mega Sega giveaway. So with the Cinelinks Mega Sega giveaway, we're going to be giving away six copies of Team Sonic Racing, uh, three on Xbox, three on PC, and we're also going to be giving away. Uh, Three copies of Yakuza Kumani 2. Mm-hmm. I say the name wrong so bad, man. I destroy it. I'm so sorry. Somebody's listening to this right now. 
a couple of friends of mine at Sega are probably like, what is wrong with you? Um, but um, I am very, very excited to do this giveaway and very excited to do this stream. Um, I'll be doing a stream of the Sega Genesis Classic Edition. Um, it's like the... It's the version of the Sega Classic game that has like 50 Sega games on there. I'm going to be playing some uh, really, really classic Sega games. Very excited. And over the stream, I'm going to be giving away all those codes. That's a total of nine freaking codes, guys. It's a huge thing, and I cannot express enough how amazing Sega is. And uh, I'm very excited to do this giveaway. So a total of six, six copies of team sonic racing and three or three copies of yakuza i'm very very excited and i can't wait uh to share these games with you so uh let's go ahead and get down into some video game news and breaking news um very sad news uh super upsetting for me as i was a really big fan of his gaming youtuber etika has been found deceased so uh, with this, I actually just got goosebumps talking about this. Super crazy. Um, Etika um, or Desmond uh, Amofa. Um, Desmond, a.k.a. Etika, was somebody special in the games industry, man. Um, I never got the I never got the chance of meeting him in person. There was a lot of times we were at certain events together. I never got a chance to meet him in person. But he was such a good dude, man. Like he was such an amazing guy, so positive. One of the greatest things about him is that, like, I saw online, I saw a bunch of his subscribers and supporters over uh, through Twitch and YouTube or whatever. Would he would comment and message them back directly? Like one guy commented or sent him a total donation of like 250 bucks or something like that and Attica like emailed him back directly and was like wow man I don't even know what to say um your donation just like warms my heart and I'll try as hard as possible to make the best content for you um as I can and all this stuff what was great about Attica is that like he was so real dude like he was always so real um and over the last few weeks um, there were telltale signs of depression and um, certain situations with him. Um, there was a, a moment that he had posted certain things online and uh, the cops were actually called. They had ended up having to break into his apartment in New York and, um, and uh, take him down or hold him and cuff him and then take him downtown to get him, I guess, a, a psych eval. Um, but people were really worried about him. But then on June 19th, he posted a video on YouTube called I'm sorry. Um, and, uh, it was a, it was a video of him walking the street, talking about stuff, uh, of how, you know, he's sorry that he let people down. He's sorry that he, you know, wasn't always the best friend. He's sorry this about this and blah, blah, blah. And then you... Like while I was watching the video, I had started noticing this is a, like this is a um, suicide video. Like it's almost like a suicide note. Uh, and he was like, you know, I'm not going to be able to see how Attack on Titan finishes. So I'm pissed off about that. And I'm not going to be able to do this and this and this. And, you know, uh, so the video was taken down and people were looking for him and they were like, OK, well, we're going to get him some help. Well, a couple days later. Um, a good chunk of his personal um, items were found uh, at a local bridge 
And about 24 hours after that, his body was found. And um, the only thing that I can say is uh, coming from someone that has been in a very bad and dark situation in my life, uh, someone that has dealt with depression and stuff like this, um, you know, if there is anyone that's listening to the podcast right now, if I know you or if I don't know you and you ever just want to talk, I'm always here for you. Plain and simple. Um, you know, I, I, I hope that I am never in the situation that, um, that I am in the same type of mindset. Uh, but, um, I understand that things like this happen. And there's a lot of times that even though we, we, we know how good of good those people are, um, we don't know what they're going through mentally. So, um, the best thing that I can say is just know that we're always here. Um, and, uh, I am for sure always here. My DMS are always open on Twitter, on Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, um, or you can just send us a message directly here on the anchor page, uh, send us a voice message, or you can email us, which I'll have a second opinion email listed down below. Um, just hit us up. Let us know if you ever need to talk. Um, and it's really, really sad to see, um, how this went played out with Etika. Um, but, uh, I love you forever, man. And you were always, uh, you were always a great light in the games industry. So, Moving on from that, breaking news. Sony, Nintendo, and Microsoft issue joint letter discouraging uh, discouraging Trump administration on new tariffs. Earlier this month, the United States president announced plans to escalate an ongoing trade war with China by increasing tariffs on imports by 25%. This move is designed to force China uh, on to renegotiate the trade deals uh, with regarding uh, to their exports into the company. But businesses in the United States who would feel that this would hurt them more have come out against it. Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo have drafted and signed a letter asking the administration to reconsider and warning them uh, about the consumer downside. Uh, this was quoted uh, and is part of GameInformer.com, so make sure to check them out. Uh, but this was quoted on Game Informer, and they said, We appreciate the administration's effort to protect the U.S. intelligence property and preserve U.S. high-tech uh, high leadership. Um, the one thing that they don't agree with is the harm that it could cause in these tariffs to the U.S. consumers and businesses, um, and it will totally undermine and not advance these goals at all. The letter also says, according, uh, accordingly, we respectfully request that the administration remove HTSUS subheading 9504.50.00 uh, uh, covering the video game consoles from the final list of the tariffs and thus refraining from applying tariffs on these products. So the big thing about this, guys, um, and I know there's some people that are probably listening to this that are, you know, um, that are, may not understand why this is a big deal. 25% tariff on, on imports into this country or, or exports into the country. So this is, <laughs> this is what's bad about it. Um, and me and bolts have talked about this since, uh, this was originally announced. If the Trump administration d decided to not listen to the games industry at all, and just decided, okay, we're still going to do it anyways. 
there would be a 25% tariff on all exports coming into the United States. That means all the products that are made by Sony, Nintendo, and Microsoft would be exponentially price raised. Yep. Like a huge price raise. Like, I mean, 25% is 25%. You know what I'm saying? Like, so instead of your console, if Sony comes out and says, hey, our PS5 is going to be $499, and then these tariffs go through, the shit's not going to be $499, brother. It's going to be like $599, possibly, maybe even a little bit closer to that. When you think about the tax, because the tax for $499 is already going to be close to like $520, right? No, the system, if, if it's a 25% increase... Uh, that's on the tariffs as well, so you have to think. Uh, well, that's what I'm trying to tell you. The the, the console itself will be 550, and then you got to add the, you got to add our the, the state or the the, the 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 United States tax, which pushes it to 600. dollars 600 bucks, man. I mean, come on, dude. Like <clears throat> that's a big deal. So um, I want I want I would really really like to hear um, some other people's thoughts on this. Um, if you're listening to the podcast, please comment below on either Cinelinks or on Instagram or anything like that. Um, let us know what you think about these tariffs. Do you think that it's okay for the Trump administration to go out and put these tariffs on just to have a trade deal um, or just to have a little bit of a trade war with China? Bolts, what do you think about the, the overall situation with this this increase on, on tariffs? Um, you know, I... I I'm not much of a political man, okay, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't roll myself into politics by any means. Yeah. Um. So, I, as far as terrorists can go, I, I really don't pay attention to that stuff. Yes, I know it affects me. It affects everybody else around me. It affects us as a country as a whole. But it's just something that I, I, I don't bother myself with. Um. You know, it, it's it's a way of life. We go to work. We earn money. We buy things. We pay for things. And 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 that's that. Um, regardless of what what it cost or, or anything like that, we're yes. gonna find some way to pay for it. Uh-huh. Um, now, as far as like the extra fun stuff that we want to buy, it'll put a, it's gonna put a damper because uh, you know you're not you, these new consoles that are coming out. People aren't gonna go out and rush out and buy them. Yeah, because they already have their PS4 or their Xbox One X or whatever the hell they have, and it's gonna be completely satisfied with what they have because they're not going to want to go spend the $600 on a new console. Yep. I don't care who you are. It could be the biggest and baddest motherfucking thing in the world, but that's still 600 and some odd dollars of someone's hard earned cash, you know? Yeah, I totally so. agree, bro. I mean, and whenever you really think about it, like it doesn't really affect us that much. Cause like you and me both are not like extremely political. Um, but overall, this is a big fucking deal. Like it's a, it's a really big deal. And, um, as what Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo are trying to say is that, you know, we're the administration is constantly talking about how they want to make things better and cheaper here in the United States and all this stuff. But adding these tariffs on will get it to where it's not going to be cheaper. It's going to be harder for people to go out and buy those consoles. It's going to be harder for them to enjoy their hard earned money and, here and, in the and United you think States. About, and you think about it, games that cost 60 bucks will cost $79 now. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it's, it sucks, man. I mean, and I hope that maybe Sony and Microsoft and all of them really um, uh, did a pretty cool thing and reached out to the Trump administration and said, hey, listen, 
Um, this isn't a good idea. Maybe they can sit down with the administration and get something talked out because, to be honest with you, uh, you know, back of my mind, the whole thing's fucking bullshit and it shouldn't be going on in the first place. <laughs> to kind of turn that left turn right there. But um, it's just irritating. Um, moving on to topic number three. This is something that they've kind of been talking about for a little bit of time. Um, and uh, I don't know if it's going to happen. Uh, say what you will, but we'll see what's what's going on. Prince of Persia creator Jordan Merson uh, is interested in making a new game in the series. Uh, the original creator uh, was at a talk uh, at Game Labs. And uh, was kind of talking about the books and so on and so forth. After announcing the book, uh, an audience member mentioned how many classic games uh, we're seeing at the rena- uh, at the whatever at the event, uh, and wanted to know uh, at that point in time. He said, um, "I just want to clarify: Would you be interested in making a new game in the series?" And he said, "Yes, very much so." So, with that said, coming from uh, someone that was a fan of the Prince of Persian series. I would love that, but I don't know how good it could possibly be. Um, the Prince of Persia games were great. Whenever the first Prince of Persia title came out, um, I think it was fantastic. I think the overall concept and everything was, was great. Uh, of course, it wasn't the first because the original Prince of Persia, but the... The design of it, the time stuff, you know, the sands of time and all this... I loved it. I really did. I really, really liked the game. But then as the series went on, like Prince of Persia 2 is the one that they had like, there was like a shadow version of them and all that shit, right? I, I don't know. Cause <laughs> I, no, and, and I, the reason I say I don't know because I never played them because they were hack and slash titles. Okay. And that's just, it just, that was not my forte. So if it wasn't my forte, I didn't play it. So like you wouldn't even give it a chance at all? Uh, probably not. No. Um, I, I, hell, I, hell, I even, I look, 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 look. No, I understand. No, you're not listening to me. Oh, I am. Prince of Persia. Um, hack and slash titles. Uh, I, I couldn't really, I, even, even the new Devil May Cry that just came out, Devil May mm-hmm. Cry 5. Yeah. I played a little bit, but I, I got tired of it. I got tired of smashing the same buttons over and over and over. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> You know, uh, as much as you, you you write and rave about it, I got tired of God of War, the, even the new one. It's just, it was the same buttons over and over and over, and I was just like, okay, I'm done. You know, you're still, like, you're you're basically hitting Look, the same buttons over and over and over again in games like Mass Effect, right? You always, absolutely. But What's the difference? But the, 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 the stories and the characters kept me in it. I'm sorry. Are you ready for this? Kratos is a bland character. You are fucking nuts, bro. There it goes. You are nuts. I told you. Listen to me, bro. Listen. It's about to get real up in the second opinion house. Listen, bro. There's no possible way that... Tell me... Explain to me how Kratos is a bland character compared to someone like Commander Shepard. It's not just about Commander Shepard. It's everybody else around him also. Yeah, but bro... Oh God, bro! It makes no sense. No, I'd like. Let's have a discussion about it. I mean, we're talking like you say. Kratos is a bland character. Okay, he has one of the craziest backstories in the video games history. 
of a man that was a badass warrior. Mm-hmm. He was fucked over by the gods. Mm-hmm. The gods lied to him and uh, cheated him into killing his own wife and child. Then he came up from a man of nothing and destroyed all of Atlant- uh, of of Atlantis, of Olympus, and then after that went into a completely different realm and destroyed gods over there as well while trying to make his son understand that revenge is never, ever the main answer to go for. Like, that's a huge story of not just, you know, redemption, but it's also a story of you know, revenge, of love, and all kinds of stuff, man. So, like, how is his story and his character bland? I is it because of the gameplay style? I know. I just I I could I there's no, there's no way for me to connect to Kratos at all. He's this oh he's this over <laughs> he's this overpowered character who got done wrong by 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 some of these other people, yeah. and so he's gonna go out for revenge with these amazing badass weapons and all the strength in the world. Uh huh. Okay, but you like it was just something that you just it's couldn't just, draw. I, into? I just couldn't get into it. Well, and, and that's and, and and that has nothing. No, I understand. Yeah, I mean, everybody has their has their their vices. Exactly, you know. And and I will go in. You can say, well, what about Mass? Effect? It wasn't just about Commander Shepard. It wasn't just about Com- Mass Effect. It was about Liartio Sony. It was about the struggles of the of the Quarians of the Talia uh, and the Quarians world. It was about Rex and, so and the genocide more, of, of, of his entire world. So it's not more it's, or less the fact of Kratos being a bland character. You just didn't the, enjoy was, the story as the, much as you did the, the sto- Kratos and the story of Kratos of where he got was bland. Okay. Okay. Disagree. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> so Prince of Persia. It was all done by Ubisoft. The reason why I was asking is with the current state of Assassin's Creed and how it has changed. That will be the problem for Prince of Persia because Assassin's Creed is on a fucking roll right now. Well, that's what I'm saying. Do you think that Ubisoft could take advantage of that and be like, listen, we've got to do something with Prince of Persia? No, I don't because because Prince of Persia... You know, you, you, you say Persia. Yes, I know you can bring it to modern times and, and the Persian times and stuff like that, whatever. But Assassin's Creed Origins kind of set that tone for that that, that whole, you know, Egypt, however you want to say yeah, that. Persian that, style. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's going to be tough for anything to overcome that. Well, let me ask this. What if a game came out and was announced... Uh, as Assassin's Creed Sands of Time and it was like a merger between both of the worlds how would you feel about that because we were just talking about this earlier well, Assassin's you, Creed's had some of that mythical shit going on I, I, I can definitely I could see that in, the, in a sense uh-huh. um, yeah absolutely I could see that yeah that would be pretty nice I think that would be a good way of continuing on the the Prince of Persia IP in a very successful way, you know, if you were to say, um, you know, or instead of saying Sands of Time, call it, you know, Assassin's Creed, you know, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Sands of the Universe. They, they, they would have to find some way to, to link that all well, up. Well, that so. that's what I was going to say. That'd be cool if they could, like, link the Sands of Time to the originals or, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. to the original people and... Apple of Eden. I guess with the, I guess with the apple of eating e- eating <laughs> the apple of Eden, 
um, you could pretty much do anything you want. So yeah, why you not? can connect all that shit. That'd be pretty cool. But hey, you never know, man. Uh, they could do that, or they could just bring it back. Like, it's just bring it back the same way. All, all, all I'm ready for is to Assassin's Creed turn into siphon filter. <laughs> right. Oh my god, that would be cool, man. Or just Splinter Cell. So, Splinter Cell. Splinter Cell. You said siphon filter. I always it's the do same that. game. I That's always why. do that. It's shit. the same game. Um, yeah, but I know what you're saying. Like, come to find out, like, he's been working for the Creed the entire time. That would be awesome. Um, all right, so uh, topic number four, man. Pretty no, crazy. No, no, not just working for him. The, the Assassin's Creed turns into the organization. That oh, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that, I'm saying. Yeah. Like, and he doesn't realize it. Right. You know, um, topic number four, Borderlands 3 takes a roughly around 35 hours to finish just the main story. Uh, creative director Paul Sage told Game Beats recently that while the team is approaching the game uh, with a lot of ambition, uh, this didn't necessarily mean that they were going to kind of, you know, change the game a lot. He was quoted saying, you want to stay true to the franchise, and yes, you want to have new and different things. They don't always have to be bigger and better some huge features. Oh, great. We're going to add a uh, hang glide to the game. We're not doing that. You can get, uh, you can't, you can get too far into it. Um, so basically what he's saying is, is with the creative direction and the creative style of a lot of games, you're like, Hey, you know, Borderlands three is going to be you know, bigger and even better, you know? So let's just do all kinds of new shit that you didn't get to do in the last game. But you know he wants to do that, but he also he really wants to try to keep it as traditional as possible. It's, it's not even, with those new ads. It's not even that. If it ain't broke, don't fix. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> um, but what he's trying to get at with this quote is like, yes, the game's going to be thirty-five hours long. It's going to be kind of somewhere around the same style of Borderlands story. Um, but just because it's thirty-five hours long to finish the main story does not mean that you can't tack on another twenty hours to thirty hours of of gameplay with the side quest with oh, the exploration. Uh, look, look, let me tell you something. It'll be more. Look, I played Borderlands Two out the wall zoo. All right, I've downloaded right. it. I've downloaded it most so many times on different consoles. And let me tell you something. I you can easily get one hundred twenty hours of gameplay out of Borderlands Two. Oh yeah, that's without the DLC. And then when you throw the, all of like the, the the seven DLC packs that they threw out there, you're probably going to get close to 160 to 170. And that de and that all depends on how depth you want to go into exploring and find every single little thing you can, because it's easily 200 hours if you want to put if you really want to put the ball you nail the head to the board. That's exactly what that is. So 35 hours for for a main quest, absolutely understandable. The side missions you can probably add another forty or fifty, and then when the DLCs come out, because they're gonna have a shit ton. Oh yeah, so they're gonna have a ton of DLC for this game. So, but I think that's really cool how Sage said that. You know, like he said, like of course we could be like any other game company and be like, hey, uh, let's let's add hang gliders, let's add you know pogo sticks that you can, <laughs> that you can bounce around in the wasteland in. Uh, you know, let's add this and this and this. But, you know, he, he wants to keep it in that traditional style. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. But at the same time, add all that shit. So, like, with that being said, Bolts, you know, you got to play it at E3. Did you feel, did it feel very similar but very different? Like, what's one thing that you would say, like, that, that was new that you just really loved about the game? The, you, you know what? The, 
the the newest aspects about Borderlands 3, in my opinion, is what they're adding to the multiplayer and the social aspect of yeah. it. As far as gameplay, game physics, and stuff like that, I mean, it, it, it looked a little sharper. Um, it looked a little faster. It looked it looked a little bit better. But as far as the game itself, it was Borderlands 2 yeah. with a with, with with an extra beautiful little pitch. Yeah, but that's not a bad thing. Hell no, that's not a bad yeah, thing. Yeah. So like the, the like the overall gameplay and stuff was it like faster, frame rate faster? It, you, and all you, that? It, it felt a little faster because it's on the it's on the next gen console. Now you got to remember, Borderlands Two came out on the 360 uh-huh. and the PS3, yeah, true, and then they, they ported it to to the Xbox One and the, and the PlayStation yeah. Four. So of yeah. course, Borderlands Three will be a little faster, will be sharper, will have a little bit, will have a have a pretty picture, and so on and so forth. So it it is there regardless. It it just the the great thing is about Borderlands. Is it's all there with it's a little with, with, with a little extra nip tuck and, and cut here. So <laughs> a little extra extra nip tuck. Um, yeah. So I mean, I'm excited for Borderlands fans. I don't particularly know if I'm gonna get it. I'm not gonna lie to you, bro. Like, I mean, I, that's fine. You know, it, it just, I just feel, disappoint me. Whatever. I just feel that if I, I get it, bro, I feel that there's so many games coming out. Like what? Lo- what? Besides Doom Eternal, what else did we talk about earlier? Doom Eternal, Outer Worlds, uh, Call you, of Duty, Modern you're, Warfare. You're not gonna invest your time in Outer Worlds. Oh, you are freaking nuts. You bro. won't, bro. I played every Fallout game that has come out. I've put at least 120 to 200 yeah, hours. Yeah, but that into was then. Games. This is now. Whenever everything's coming out, you it doesn't won't, matter. You Fallout won't. Four. Whenever it came out, I did the same exact thing. Fallout Four. What? I didn't. I didn't, you know, I, I Ooh, played that like no. six years after it came out. But no, you it was did, great. But you liked it. Though. Oh, it was great. Yeah. It, it, it's 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 it was what so a Fallout seventy six should have been. Were... <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? It's what Fallout seventy six should have been. Anyways, so I think for real, like uh, it was super weird. You played that game so late, bro. You know, mm-hmm. Like you played it really late. You're like, I'm finally playing Fallout. I'm like, what? But you also um, got to remember, I invested almost three, four hundred hours in the Skyrim. Yeah, you did. Um, but uh, the Outer Worlds, man, I'm so fucking excited for that game, dude. Yeah, and let me tell you, and, 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 and the thing, right? And the thing about Outer Outer Worlds is, yes, it's it, it, it reminds you of a Fallout game, but it's got so much more than just a regular Fallout game. It it, it looks a little a little a little more fast paced, a little more gun action, a little yeah. bit, you know. It, it feels a little bit more exciting. It, des- it definitely has a way of like standing out on its own as an RPG. Yeah. So I kind of like I want to get it out of my mind of the whole like oh it's another Fallout game because it's not. Um, so topic number five, Droid cars or Droid decars are coming or actually now available in Star Wars Battlefront Two alongside the TX one thirty Saber class fighter tank. All those are available now in the game. Uh, played as a, a, a droidy cause the other day, and it was awesome. It was so cool to like go through Naboo uh, with those in, in the time of like you know the Clone Wars and all. That. It was so so cool, man. It was great. Um, but one thing that is really big about this is the sale that they are having on PlayStation right now. You can pick this game up with Star Wars Battlefront One, Star Wars Battlefront Two, and the Hoth Pack. For only freaking seven dollars and forty nine cents, bolts like, bro, that's cheap, dude. That's very cheap. And he's like, that's what the game should have originally launched at. I'm like, all right, I'm done. 
Um, but for real, man, I think that's really cheap. Um, you can't really beat that for everything that that is coming with this pack of of not just Battlefront One. But Star Wars Battlefront 2 with a story with free DLC, no season pass, everything. It's freaking amazing. It's such a good price. I think Star Wars Battlefront 2 is by far one of the best Star Wars games that's been launched in a really long time. When you look at the story mode, when you look at the the multiplayer, and especially now what the multiplayer is sitting at, it is definitely something I think you need to pick up. So, um, But I think you know everybody just hates on EA just to hate on them. Um, and with that being said, Anthem didn't have the start many of us wanted, but EA remains invested in the title. This is topic number six, sourced by VG247. The last couple of topics we've talked about were from them, so definitely make sure to check them out. Um, so, Games Daily asked EA CEO Andrew Wilson recently um, about how they plan on kind of, you know, keeping Anthem afloat or how they've really felt about Anthem. Um, so Andrew Wilson basically got to the point of, you know, he said some quotes that were obviously, you know, CEO quotes. It was like, Hey, we tried to bring these two genres together. Um, and we had two different player bases. We had, you know, this action adventure player base. Also had the, uh, not just the active action adventure player base. They also had the multiplayer, um, the, the multiplayer group, and then they had, you know, a story player group. I mean, so they didn't just have two, they had three. They're trying to merge together into this giant conglomerate of a video game and it failed. Um, and I think that this is kind of a wake up call to Bioware, uh, to be like, Hey, we got to start doing shit differently. You know, I love Bioware. I think that Bioware is such a great company. And I think there's a lot of times people probably listen to our podcast like, man, those guys are kind of harsh. But we're really not, man. Like, we say everything we say out of love, dude. Like, even though it may not be the professional way of saying things or whatever else, we say it because we appreciate and we love these people. And we want to talk to them like we want to talk to, we want to, like, I would rather talk to a, a video game company like I'm talking to my brother. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, what the fuck you doing, man? Come on, like, snap out of it. I mean, I'm not a brown nose. I'm not going to go up to somebody and be like, hey, man, you know, <laughs> good game. And in the back of my head, I'm like, psych. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that's the same thing with Bioware. Like, me and Bolts are both fans. I mean, I'm a fan of Bioware, but Bolts is a fucking mega fan. Like, he loves Bioware. And he knows the reason why I think Bolts gets so mad, and you can jump in on this part. Um, I think the reason why you get so mad about it is because you know how much better they could be doing right now. They are they are the essence of greatness. Look, it's like when when you wake up and you got to use the bathroom and you've got morning wood. By where's the morning wood and they're pissing great, greatness? That's exactly what it is. Okay, it's it's more or less by where you created something that will go down in hi- in the history of gaming. It absolutely will. And that is the Mass Effect series. And and I know I, I beat this like a dead horse and I will continue to beat it. But it, it but it is it is what it is. It was it was it was groundbreaking. You know, games that were decision based. You're making decisions that are gonna affect a game years down the road. You know? just the thought process to go into that and and the in depth to, to, to decide whether whether you're gonna 
genocide this species or you're going to let them live or are you going to be this guy or you're going to be this guy you're going to be a middle ground guy and love everybody you know it's just there's so much that you could do and so much decision making there's so much emotion put into those games you i mean you lived as commander shepherd and that's exactly what it was you know every single thing you did in that game you 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 either did with a heavy heart you did with a full heart an empty heart or a coarse heart a cold heart a warm heart whatever man and Bioware gave us that, and then they fucking took it away. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, it's the podcast. Talk to you later. Uh, but it's just, Bioware does great things. The company does great things. And they have slowly, slowly deteriorated, and, and, and it hurts. It just, it hurts. Yeah. I mean, of, of course, as a fan, it really hurts whenever you see stuff like that happen. But, um... I don't know, man. So, like, I feel that I'm glad that EA and Bioware have come out and said they plan on supporting Anthem and fixing the issues that need to be fixed. It's the same situation with, like, Fallout 76. At E3 this year, we learned that they're bringing NPCs back. We learned all this different stuff. Um, But what was cool is, you know, with Bioware, um, they have a team that really cares about the game that they're making. Even though I feel that the the production process made no sense to me, and I'm sure Bolts can agree with me on that, like the fact that they only started working on the game 18 months before launch was such a shock to me. It was... Man, this was supposed to be your big thing. This was supposed to be like... This was supposed <laughs> to be Mass Effect Online. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so, I don't know, man. I'm glad that they plan on changing Anthem and making it... Um, making it a great game, but I just feel that uh, I don't feel it's too little, too late. I just feel that I wish we would have had this passion and this push in the beginning. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. It's crazy, man. It really is. Um, so our next topic at hand, super crazy shit right here, man. I don't know about you guys. Topic number seven, Microsoft's two console strategy for the next generation is reportedly dead. Focus has shifted to a single device. This is sourced via VG247. Microsoft, which was at one point working on two next gen consoles, is now back at working on one. Codenamed Anaconda and Lockhart, the two represented a high and low end representation of the consoles. Anaconda is a pot is piled as a uh, pilled, whatever, uh, as the most powerful uh, console, and Lockhart was pitched as the lower point of the console for next gen. But from what is being said, Lockhart has been dropped. Sources told Brad Sams. The move was a result of two key factors. First, developers have reportedly been running into issues uh, with uh, harder than expected time developing games for two consoles uh, with two different specs. Developers already do this when creating games for PlayStation and Xbox, but the specs gap uh, has been pretty large from what is being said. Um, And... I don't know, man. I don't know, Bolts. Um, with this overall dynamic shift, what do you think? Like, that's a pretty big thing to go from uh, <laughs> to go from having this two console style to now just one console. Um, 
Uh, personally, I like it. Okay. Uh, that just means they get to focus on one thing at a time. Um, and that's really it. I, and, and and they they they're they're trying to build so called the powerhouse of them all. And you want then you want to try to fit in two different consoles so you can make them two different things. One a streaming device. I mean, a, a, a non-disc device, another one fully loaded, blah, of this, and blah, of that. Look, man, just put all your time and energy into one thing. Make it amazing. And give us what we want. Also, another reason why they're saying that it was pulled is because Lockhart was a lower-end console, a.k.a. next-generation lower-end console. Um, and it says it didn't make sense when streaming exists. So they kind of looked at it and was like, listen, everybody wants the highest quality whenever they're doing streaming and all this other stuff. So Microsoft's xCloud technology is right there. You know what I'm saying? So like if you need a lower end or you can't afford Lockhart or you can't afford Anaconda, then just get Microsoft xCloud. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I, I absolutely. I agree with that 110%. I mean, a, I think that was a, actually a really smart move by Microsoft to announce that they are not. Well, I think they didn't technically announce it, but to come out to AKA leaked sources or whatever and say, hey, we're not going to make this one anymore because of this certain reason. I think that's a really smart decision because I think they would have lost a lot of fucking money on that. I agree. You know, I really do. A fucking ex boy over there. Makes me sick. What'd you say? Did you cough? No, Did I you just, just cough on that mic. <laughs> Bolts is like, <laughs> no quake on. I'm like, <laughs> I was gonna say something. I was like, man, this. Is I bad. know, bro. I, I was fixing too, bro. Um, all right. So, topic number eight: Wolfenstein Youngblood and Wolfenstein Cyber Pilot will be uncensored in Germany uh, for some. Uh, for some time, the Wolfenstein series has been censored in Germany because of the Nazi paraphernalia in the game. Um, it has been stated by PlayStationLifestyle.net. Make sure to check them out. Both Wolfenstein Youngblood and Cyberpilot will be released uh, uncensored in Germany, which is the first time in the series. This means that Nazi imagery and references will be kept intact in the German release of the game. Um, there is also another version of the game that will launch in Germany that is the censored version of the game, and they will both be rated USK 18, uh, as the only difference between both of the versions is the depiction of Nazi paraphernalia. So, um, pretty big news, man. I mean, that's they've always blocked the Nazi symbols in Germany because, you know, it's just like Mein Kampf being blocked in Germany because of the the sediments and what was said by Hitler and I guess originally when they blocked it all they thought we didn't want anyone to they didn't want anybody to be like get some ideas right you know what I'm saying they were like hey <laughs> you know this guy kind of lied to us and made us think that he you know he was right and he wasn't um, <laughs> but uh I think this is gonna be big for the Wolfenstein series oh I do too Europe, I, mean. I, I I do too I think um you know, it's kind of hard to be like, it's finally, it's, it's about time. Fine, Germany, it's about time they start showing Nazi shit. Right. Germany needs to see what they've done. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more or less the aspect that, you know, it, it, having that Nazi stuff in the game kind of 
It, 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 like with me, whenever I play it as BJ Blazkowicz, I get so fucking mad. Like coming down the street and I see some Nazi come walking out. I'm like, oh, you motherfucker. I'm like, oh, fuck you, Nazi. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it, it, I guess it's a, from what's being said, I mean, this is a pretty big thing. Um, says that both games will still depict the same amount of violence uh, in the streets and so on and so forth. But um, for, Ger- uh, for, for German fans of the series... Um, I don't know. I think it's always kind of taken that like it's been like, okay, we already know this is Nazis. Why not just put put it in the game? Because um, for me, when you when I see someone in a game that has a Nazi symbol, I'm like, I'm gonna kill this motherfucker. Like in <laughs> right, Red Dead no. Redemption, right. whenever I came walking up on the woods and I found those people uh, like the KKK members, I've demolished them, bro. I destroyed them so quickly it was ridiculous. Snuck around the camp and put little. And let me tell you something. When he says sneak, he really did sneak because he doesn't sneak. I snuck. He, I snuck. Snuck it in. So snuffleupagus. Snuffleupagus. Anyways, um, number nine. Pete Hines says Bethesda never planned on giving up on Fallout 76. Um, this is sourced by PlayStationLifestyle.net as well. So make sure to check them out. Uh, Pete Hines said in. Uh, it's just in our DNA. I appreciate there might be folks who are uh, tempted to throw up their hands and say, fuck it, you know, or, well, he said call it quits, but I can see Pete saying that. Um, but that's just not how we're wired. We believe in it uh, and the fact that we didn't go the way it was expected and it had issues that maybe we should have foreseen ahead of time and should have planned for doesn't mean we didn't believe that the game could have been great. Uh, then he was questioned on whether the move to continue supporting Fallout 76 is meant to restore the studio's good reputation. Hines admitted that it does play a part, yet there are elements of pride as well with this being done. For sure, that had some amount of uh, of us, you know, of course, supporting the game. BGS, uh, Bethesda Game Studios, is a team that made a lot of very highly successful things still in my opinion they are one of the most respected and uh, decorated studios in the world there is an element of pride not in a what uh, we don't quit or give up way but we need to show and prove that we are going to stick with what we've made um and not say not throw their hands up and say oh it's too hard let's do something else uh, that's just not the way that we are, and that's not the way our publishing studios are. So that right there, I think, is a perfect way of saying how I feel that Bethesda has always been and always will be. Um, they have always tried to make great game experiences. It's something me and Bolts even said. Even though Bolts is an advocate, I think Fallout 76 was a shit game person. Like, he's been that way since the fucking beginning. But bolts with pete saying that um you know you and me have met pete we've talked to him before um do you think that uh pete's um pete's quotes here directly shine like what we saw uh them announce at e3 this year um absolutely and and they had to do something everybody they really had to there's not going to be another Fallout uh, Fallout game for how many years they decide to not make one. So for the Fallout fans, they've got to keep them enticed. And what they what, what they came out with, what they for originally produced, is not what is not what it should have been. 
So, of course, they had to come out and they had to announce all these changes and everything they've done and, and, and added NPCs and quests and stuff like that. Because as much as you want to go out there and play with your friends, you still want to play a Fallout game. And, and, that's, what they're, and that's what they announced at E3 was, hey, we're bringing back the Fallout content to Fallout 76 so you and all your other people online can enjoy and play. So... I mean, prop, props to them uh, for recognizing that, you know, mistakes were made. But I just, it, it, it rubs me the wrong way, man. Well, it still does. Yeah, but like your thing is you feel right now, like with 76, you feel like it's too little too late, right? Yeah, it, it just, a, a year ago when they when, when we were at QuakeCon and they announced, you know, announced even more on it, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm like, y'all... <laughs> Y'all, <laughs> this is like looking at us. He was like, "No," shaking yeah. his head. I'm like, "Bro, just wait until he gets done." He's like, "All right, man." Uh, he just sat there with this like mean mug look on his face. <laughs> Walk outside. He's like, "It's gonna be trash, bro." And I'm like, "Okay, man." The biggest thing that un- like that totally sold it in Bolt's mind of like this game was not gonna be successful is when they came out and were like, "There's not gonna be any NPCs." You know, like you're gonna be doing and exactly. Bolt's like looked at me. He was like, "What?" I was like. What he said? He said there's not going to be any NPCs. I'm like, yeah, that's what he said. He said there's not going to be any NPCs. Everybody else is going to be the NPCs. He's like, no, bro. So I guess I can understand why Bolts had that mindset at first because you you think about it, you're like, okay, wait a second, there's no NPCs. So is this game just a battle royale game, or how is the story going to play out? So that's one of my things in my review originally. I was like, I really want to get into the story, but I can't because like all I'm doing is just listening to audio. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm like, there's no, it doesn't have that fallout. There feel. was no life to there the was game. No life at all. So, but NPCs are coming back. I downloaded Fallout 76 again. I played Nuclear Winter and I have loved it. I thought it was fantastic, um, and I will give it another chance. Uh, Noah fans are butts. Bethesda said they're making changes, and I plan on giving it another chance. So, anyways. He's over there doing this slow clap. He's like, yeah, good luck with that. I'm going to go play World War II. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um, but I just, I I, uh, I love Bethesda so much, man. Like, they're so. They're a great company. They're God, a great they're company. such a great company. Like, everybody that we have met over this, you know, over these years, they're always, they're always uh, about their fans. Like, you say what you want to about Bethesda. Fallout 76 had its problems, yes. But like Todd Howard, um, Tim Willits, uh, you know, Pete Hines, all the people that really run these companies, even with 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 you know Marty and Hugo, the way they're doing things over at ID, um, like they're all about the fans. Um, and that's what I love about them, uh, is that they they always constantly every person that we have talked to is constantly trying to make people understand. The reason why we're doing this is because fans want it. The reason why we're doing this is because fans want it. So with Fallout 76, there has been talks for years with the Fallout series of having a multiplayer version of Fallout. Same thing with Skyrim. We would love to see it. So ESO launched, and you were like, oh, it's not the best. And then guess what? They fixed it, and it is now still one of the best MMOs to play online. Um, and with a constant update on on game content. Um, so the same thing I think is going to happen with Fallout 76. I think Fallout 76 
is going to get its update. They're going to see new stuff come. And then when NPCs and all this other stuff get updated into the game, then that's going to open up the door. Man, that's going to be one massive update whenever they release oh, yeah, that, bro. dude. Yeah, it's going to be huge. But you think about this. Like, not only is it going to open the door for just, like, new story content, it's going to open the door for, you know, new characters for you to meet, mm-hmm. new things for you to do with your friends. Yep. So... I'm excited to see what they're going to do with it. So, um, lastly, uh, I originally had us talking about our top five games that we want to see come soon uh, or be created in the next couple of years, but we're going to talk about that on the next episode. The winner of the Centrelink's Best of E3 2019 award. So, the companies or the companies, the games that we uh, we gave awards to at E3, we had a total of 10 awards, which I think next year we're possibly going to have more, um, but we had... Doom Eternal, uh, Borderlands 3, Cyberpunk 2077, Crash Team Racing, Nitro Fueled, Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga, Dying Light 2, uh, Sakuna uh, of Rice and Ruin, Evil Genius 2, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, and Lost Worlds Beyond the Page. Um, so the way we do these awards is, you know, we all we kind of came to the decision of which ones we wanted to choose. Um, the ones that I chose for sure, uh, Crash Team Racing, Borderlands, Eternal, uh, Lego Star Wars, Dying Light 2, and, of course, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. The ones Bolts was was for sure about was Doom Eternal, Borderlands 3, Cyberpunk 2077, and Dying Light 2. And all the other ones were kind of a team-up between me and Katie. Um, and Katie played the Lost Worlds uh, Beyond the Page and Evil Geniuses 2 and also Sakuna of Rice and Ruins. Um, so the way we do this is we have people come to Cinelease.com and vote for the award, uh, or for the game that they think should be best of E3. So after all the counting, um, and there were a ton, ton of fan votes in a very short amount of time, we are very proud to announce that the winner of the 2019 Cineleaks Best of E3 Award goes to Lost Worlds Beyond the Page. Uh, this is one of the first times that an indie game has been selected by the fans to win Best of E3. Um, it's a pretty crazy thing, uh, and we will have the link in the in the description uh, below on the article and on um spotify and anchor and so on and so forth where you can go and check out her full experience of the game we do want to say congratulations to the entire sketchbook games team you developed a game that has touched the hearts of not just our team but uh the entire gaming world we can't wait to see what the game uh will have for us when it launches december of this year for nintendo switch windows xbox one and ps4 so we do appreciate everybody that did vote um for our e3 2019 best of award um and i also want to take time real quick and say a huge thank you to the game development studios out there that gave us the time of day to check out their games at e3 uh with rebellion activision uh gearbox uh id software many other teams as well we are just over the moon, especially, you know, the one that me and Bolts have, like, constantly thought about since we saw it, and that's Dying Light 2. <laughs> like, I can't wait for that game. Who are you telling, man? I'm telling myself. 
uh, cyberpunk. I mean, everything, dude. Like, it was so crazy. It was such a great experience. And we're done talking about E3 2019. So um, we love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Second Opinion Podcast. Please make sure to check us out at Cinelease.com for some of the latest and greatest geek news, movie news, and gaming news. Bolts, do you have any shout-outs you'd like to give? No. No? Okay, fuck yourself. Um, shout-outs to Chicken Express. Make sure to check out their new spicy chicken tenders. <laughs> you know why they call it Chicken Express? Because it expressly runs out of your butt in about that an hour. True. <laughs> Speaking of that, I gotta get up out of here. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. Peace out. Peace.